From San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage Show. Where being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663 or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. In today's show, we talk about the impact that having a baby can have on a marriage and how the two of you can maintain intimacy in all areas after the baby comes. And as we're talking around this topic of babies, I want you to think about this quote from H. Jackson Brown Jr. who said, remember that children, marriages, and gardens reflect the kind of care they get. Yep. And it's amazing when you tie in that picture of a garden and care for a garden, how you start to see how the care that you give to your marriage and your children, well, those two things go hand in hand. And we start each and every One Extraordinary Marriage show with a hug. And a hug's an opportunity for you to hear from someone else in the one family, someone who's had breakthrough, who's seen transformation in their marriage. And this week's hug is sponsored by Beachbody On Demand. Beachbody On Demand is an easy-to-use streaming surface service, not surface, a service that gives you instant access to a wide variety of super effective workouts that you can do from the comfort of your living room 24-7. The workouts are as short as 10 minutes and don't require extra equipment, so they're perfect for you no matter how much or how little time you have. Beachbody On Demand has hundreds of effective workouts for all fitness levels, ranging from bodybuilding to weight training to cardio to yoga and even dance workouts. Yeah, and we've had a number of those here here at the DeLorenzo family. We've used Insanity. P90X has been a favorite. I mean, many of you have used those two or others. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many great programs uh, that Beachbody On Demand has. Go check them out. Absolutely. And, you know, one of our favorites has been Tony Horton with the, you know, endless variety of mix and match routines and his 90 day program. Just it helps to keep you motivated while helping you to get lean, bulk up or grow stronger. And the really great thing about on demand is that you can view it on your computer, web enabled TV, tablet, smartphone, Roku, Apple TV, Chromecast and more. Basically, if it's a device, you can get on it. And right now, our listeners can get a special free trial membership when you text O-N-E to 303030. You're going to get full access to this entire platform for free. All the workouts, the nutrition information and support, totally free. Again, you just want to text O-N-E to 303030. And this hug comes from an email message that we recently received. The writer says, I want to thank you both for helping me strengthen my marriage. For the past year and a half, we've been rebuilding our marriage. And after this was after years of having what we thought was a happy marriage. Mm. I wasn't satisfied with what I read in relationship books. I looked at some different podcasts and found yours about two months ago. I've learned so much about ways to keep my marriage alive and healthy. Mm-hmm. In the past couple of weeks, I felt like we were starting to drift in our intimacy. I talked to her about it and I felt shut down. She had mentioned some things that had been on her mind and that she would like me to do. The next day I heard a podcast that mentioned, what can I do for you today? And one of the things you stated was clean the garage, which was one of the things that my wife had asked for. A day later, I cleaned the garage and she was so appreciative. We spent some quality time that night after we put our son to bed and we stayed up after sex talking about things she and I did growing up until 2 a.m. Wow. We never stay up that late. It made me feel so close to her sharing and hearing about things we did before we each met. 
Thank you for inspiring me to do more in my marriage and being a better dad as I've taken what I've learned from you to incorporate into my relationship with my son as well. I tear up writing this letter because I'm so grateful to have such a forgiving wife and son and now I have the tools to build those relationships back up. Hmm. I have in part you both to thank for helping, helping me to know that communicating my feelings and listening to my wife and asking what I can do for you today are keys to a lifelong marriage. Mm-hmm. So powerful. Yeah, and I mean it goes back to our word for this year for mm-hmm. us and the one family, what can I do? Absolutely. And it's a phrase, it's a hashtag, what can I do? Because no matter where we are in our lives, in our marriage, with our relationship, with our with our kids, sometimes we got to just get it right back down to a simple phrase of what can I do? And, and sometimes it might mean like, hey, I got to go clean the garage. Hey, that's what that's what she asked me to do. And, and that's what I can do today. Sometimes it might mean I got to have the tough conversation. It might mean I need to just take my wife out on a coffee break. It might mean that I'm going to clean up the kitchen so my wife can can chill. It might mean that, you know, you as a wife are going to romance your spouse, mm-hmm. your husband. They're, they're, what can I do? Yeah, so good. And and before we jump into the show, you know, if you were listening to the opening where Tony said that we're going to be talking about, you know, maintaining intimacy, you know, around baby season, I want to just say from the get go, some of you we know are not in the baby making season. We're not. We're not. We're done. Yeah. We got two. We're good. However, we all know people or chances are good. That you know somebody who is in the baby season, who might be heading into the baby season. And so I'm going to encourage you to listen to the show because it might be one of those shows that you're going to pass on and share with somebody else. And additionally to that, the strategies that we're going to talk about and the areas that need to be worked on are important no matter what season you're in. True. So, so don't discount the show and turn it off because you're like, oh, they're talking about babies and that's not us. And the whole idea for this show came from a Facebook message that we had recently received that said, we're expecting baby number two in July. I'm curious about how physical intimacy changes during pregnancy and after. I don't want to leave my husband feeling neglected, but I also know it's going to be a struggle. And then she goes on to close it. I know it's been a little while for you guys since you had a little one. And, and it, she's right. Mm-hmm. Our, our baby is 12. Our oldest is 15. So it has been a few years. The reality is, is that we still understand the concepts. Oh, totally. Right. And, and so I, we'd gotten that Facebook message. And then a few days later, I was having a conversation with a wife who was talking about some of the challenges that are going on in her marriage, because when they had their first, uh, what happened was that the husband jumped full into parenthood, fatherhood, to the point where it actually the wife found that she was being neglected, right? So we have these situations where it's like, what happens after baby? And, and, you know, our own stories, we've kind of drifted out over the last eight years here on the One Extraordinary Marriage Show. But uh, the truth is, and we're going to share some of it, babies have a huge impact on all of your intimacies. It's not all, uh, I'm going to burst a few people's bubbles here. Um, it's not all cute little snuggles and, you know, the 25 pictures a day that you post to Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, they're, they're cute. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Elisa and I follow a number of, fr- of friends of ours who have kids and the little outfits are, are totally cool and they're cute and all that. And yet anybody who's had a kid knows that's like maybe for a fraction, like one 24th of the day. If you uh, can keep the outfits clean that long. I'm just yeah, saying. It, it's just, it, it, they're cute. And yet we all know that that's not real life. Well, it, it's, it's looking at the entire picture. True. Right. Cause we only post the good stuff on social media. Um, 
by and large. And, and, you know, whether it's your first baby or your fifth baby, having a child is going to change the dynamic between husband and wife. And that's why I love that that first message um, that came in where the wife's like, what can I do? Because I'm a little concerned as we go from one to two. And I don't want my husband to feel neglected. And that's a big part of our story. Mm-hmm. Right. Because like we, you know, six years into marriage, we jumped on the baby, the baby club. Right. We had Alex um, just after our sixth wedding anniversary. And no joke. I mean, like, it's kind of like the wedding thing that we talk about so often, guys, right? Where you're like, like you're going towards this, this prize, right? Like we're going to have a baby and you're thinking, okay, this is what, like, like we're going to have a baby. And, and then all this of is the day, this is the day. Like, like I'm not thinking past what's going to happen after we have the baby. I'm just like, you know, I'm pregnant. We're going to have a baby. And I'll never forget the night that we brought Alex home in his little car seat and we put him in our living room and we didn't take him out of the car seat because because we didn't, because I think we were both terrified. And I remember us looking at him in his car seat going, we don't have a manual. And they let us take him home. Mm-hmm. We have no idea what we're like. Like, that's got to be the craziest thing that anybody's ever done. Like, they let the two of us at, what were we? 29 and 28. There we go. Bring a, a six and a half pound baby home to do what? Look at him. Yeah. And then he started to cry. So we're like, okay, now we got to take him out of the car seat. Does anybody remember how to take him out of the car seat? What, how are we going to do this? And, you know, a little bit added to the dynamic. So Alex was a tiny baby. We were living in Spokane, Washington at the time. So to all our Washington folks, we love you. Um, but it was cold and wintry. And they said, do not bring that baby out. The doc- pediatrician's like, except for doctor's visits, don't take him outside for a month. Great. I remember that day and looking at our pediatrician going, what are you talking about? Like we let at the time we lived in a one bedroom apartment up there in Spokane. And I just remember looking at her and going, well, what do we do with this little guy in our apartment for the next 30 days? Mm-hmm. And uh, a little bit of fear. Oh yeah. Yeah. Maybe not even a little bit. I think there was a lot of fear going on, which was not vocalized to Elisa in all honesty. Uh, I don't think we were talking about much of anything Mm-mm. at that point in time. And, and you know, the dynamic that we had was that we knew that I was going to be a stay at home mom mm-hmm. when I gave birth to Alex. That was something that we'd worked hard to accomplish and, and whatnot. So I go into labor the morning of Friday, the 13th, which at, in that moment became my last day in corporate America. And we brought Alex home on Saturday the 14th and Tony went back to work on Monday the 16th. Mm-hmm. So Tony was immediately with both our kids, just so you guys all know, Tony went back to work either the day after cause Abby was born on a Tuesday or the Monday after cause Alex was born on a Friday. Mm-hmm. And here's the, here's the big piece here. And, and we're going to talk about this as one of the big areas that folks need to couples need to discuss is communication. You got to communicate. What are the expectations? We're going to be going into that, uh, of our own and, and many of you in the one family, Elisa and I didn't talk about it. Not at all. You guys got to think about this is years and years ago. We didn't, we didn't discuss it. We didn't understand it. We didn't know what she was expecting or what I was expecting. Come to find out for me personally, it sounds radical. It sounds like, oh my gosh, two days later, Tony's working again and Tony's doing his thing. Um, I've come to find out that's sort of who I am. When I'm working, I'm. it's a place for me to clear my mind and get focused on what I need. That's for me. Tony processes as he's working. Mm-hmm. Two days after my dad passed away, I was, I was out working. I, I was doing my thing. I was talking to clients because um, I'm processing it. And yet, 
we didn't know that at the time. And so it caused some havoc in the DeLorenzo household when I'm, you know, hey, honey, I am out of here and you're going to have to deal with this little one right now. I'm laughing so hard because I just remember my face when he said he was going to work and I'm like, what? Well, like we barely got him out of the car seat on Saturday and you're leaving me on Monday. Like, what am I supposed to do all day? Here's my thinking. I'm looking at a kid. He sleeps. I don't know how many hours a day are they sleeping? I, I don't know. It was a lot, but it didn't feel like right. it when they were awake. They're, they're sleeping a lot. This, this is just my thought process. They're sleeping a ton. You're breastfeeding them. So uh, other than that, what do you want me here for? Hey, I'm not saying I was perfect. That's just my thought process. When we had our kids, mm-hmm. I was just sort of like, hey, you know what? The second one, I should have been a little better um, knowing that at least I'd then had a newborn and a three-year-old romping around. Probably would have been a, a, a wiser choice on my part and us together talking about it. What are our expectations? I should have probably held back and stayed around a little bit, even for partial day, whatever, a full day here and there. Um, but again, this is what, what we've learned from, you know, 21 years of marriage, raising our kids, talking to those who are having kids and, and even us just discussing this again, because we love to go back into sort of the, the memory banks of, wow, what were we doing? Like, what were we thinking? And I know some of you, okay, like real quick, let me just say, Tony doesn't need the negative emails. It's it's okay. Like, I'm just letting you guys know, like, I'm good. We're good. 15 years later, I'm good. But we share where we were because we're not the only couples that have, you know, found themselves pregnant and going, okay, how do we navigate these changes? Because really the dynamic between husband and wife starts pretty much with that first pregnancy test. Mm-hmm. Or when you start for her, when she starts to feel like my body's changing and what's going on, I mean, some women feel like they've got the flu. So of course, you know, like you don't want to have sex when you feel like you have the flu, but it turns out you're pregnant. Right. And, and you've got all these raging hormones that start impacting you, you know, literally from the moment of conception, you know, some women with that rush of hormones, their libido goes wild and they're just like, bring it more sex, better sex. Cause it, you know, all of these hormones are flooding your sexual organs and you're just like, I'm, like, I'm good. I want to go. And I feel, I feel sexy. And, and your men are telling you, you know what, you're amazingly attractive when you're pregnant and you're like, let's do this thing. And then other women are like so nauseous and just fatigued and everything else that you're like, don't touch me. I'll see you in nine months when this baby comes out, you know, that's the whole kind of, and so you have to start, you know, what we didn't realize and what we hope those of you that are pregnant or that, you know, someone pregnancy is this amazing time that we're given in preparation for having these newborn human beings to start working on our communication and to start navigating emotional highs and lows. Cause it comes when your hormones are, you know, you know, mommy brain and pregnancy hormones and the highs and lows. That's real guys. If she's telling you, she feels like her emotions are all over the place. Um, if you had all of the hormones and you were making another human being, you'd feel that way too. I'm just going to put it yeah. out there. You would. So, you know, the other part of this is that there are no two pregnancies, no two deliveries that are identical, not even in this for the same woman. (laughs) Right. So don't assume that just because you've been down this road once before that it's going to look the exact same thing as it did previously, because, you know, babies are individuals. Mm-hmm. And so you start, you start navigating and, and having those conversations. What does work, honey, what are you comfortable doing sexually or physically? Maybe it's not sex because it's just uncomfortable, but how can we stay physically connected? How can I meet your needs emotionally during this pregnancy time? Because 
while we've got this preparation time, which is called pregnancy, if we can be real honest here, pregnancy is only nine months, right? Adding those children to your family, that's a lifetime. And having the communication and being clear in your emotional intimacy through this period is critical. And what I notice here, Elisa and I, and I notice it among uh, younger couples who are having kids as well, what ends up happening, I think we get into these places in our lives and they're big. They're big. Like having your first kid, I'm going to just say for myself, having our first kid was stressful on me because I didn't realize what was ahead. It was unknown. It was uncharted water. Same for Elisa. She's looking at it from a different perspective than I am. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at it as, you know, we've worked hard so Elisa could be a stay-at-home mom for this, you know, when, when Alex is born. Um, I'm thinking about finances. How are we going we gonna to be able to finance what we have going on? Um, so there's a lot of weight. And what I notice though is when we come upon these big decisions, these big areas in our lives, we shut down in our communication. Mm. And it's so easy to do that. And I can say that because years later, it's during these times now that Elisa and I have to force ourselves and we will, we'll force ourselves to have these discussions in times of difficulty. And that's what you're going to have to do because you wife pregnant, this is a change for you. And, 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 and like Elisa said, there's hormones going on and, and all these things that are happening in your head and you've seen girlfriends go before you and, and what's going on with them or has gone on with them. And guys, same with you. You may be thinking like I was thinking, like I, I got I to gotta provide, I, I want to provide. Um, or maybe it's I'm going to be home with the kids now. My wife's going to go to work. And what, what does that look like? And yet it's during these times that we got to, we got to press in and we got to have these discussions for better, or for worse. We may not like it. It may not always be pretty. You know, like Elisa said, you know, me just going off to work wasn't a good thing. And we should, probably should have had that conversation. And it may, the conversation we would have in the outcome may be different from what you guys decide. Mm -hmm. That's your choice. And yet we should have had it. And it took us some time to after that we finally start getting into our groove. Absolutely. And we're, and we're trying to, uh, to circumvent that journey or, um, to help you all shorten that because it'll just have a positive impact on your marriage. And, you know, as we were preparing for this show, we actually wanted to know what the one family had struggled with after having babies or, or, you know, having those expectations that maybe weren't met or, or navigated. And so we reached out to, to folks on Facebook, to position the month club members, and even to our, our base on Instagram to hear from you on what were those challenges. Mm -hmm. And they seem to fall into three main areas, um, communication, responsibilities, and sex. And I just want to share in each of those areas, what folks had to say, because I think you're going to hear yourself or see yourself in some of these, in some of these pieces uh, around communication. My husband wanted me to clearly verbally communicate how he could help and what he could do. He wanted to be involved, but didn't know what that would look like. Unfortunately, most of the time I didn't know either before the need was critical, which was challenging to work through. Mm -hmm. Learning how to compromise on issues that come with raising up a family and having discussions and disagreements about situations which hadn't come up in our marriage previously. Oh, yeah, you learn a lot about your spouse when all of a sudden there's another human being involved in the picture. 
The biggest conflict was my expectations that he would be patient while I healed, while he wanted everything to be the same as it was before the pregnancy, just with this extra person in the family. This led me to melting into a puddle of tears, and he was constantly frustrated and unable to understand why it wasn't how he imagined a fam- having a family would be. I think this is a big one. Honestly, this to me, this feels like whew, so many of us go through. It, it, we think it's it's such an easy an easy transition. Mm-hmm. You know, we go from to you and me to oh, all of a sudden we're just bringing this third person into it and. We want it to still be the same. And yet things have changed. Absolutely. And having these conversations are are critical. You know, again, knowing that expectation and then talking and going, hey, in this in this instance, I believe what we need are around are mentors. Mm-hmm. Who's who's had kids? Go sit down. You know what? The one I think one of the best things a couple who is pregnant, who this is them, I would go, you know what? Go grab some friends. Like go, hey, we're gonna we're gonna take you to coffee, and just just share with us. Like sometimes at church, it's cool to do that, but you're in a group, and it can get a little crazy, and and their kid is like all over the place, and maybe you can get it where it's just them. Maybe you just even go to their place while the kid's taking a nap, or in you know during the weekend, or maybe it's in the evening or something. But really talk to them. Mm-hmm. And tell them, be like, you guys, we want you to be straightforward with us. Like, be upfront. And I think the two of you together helps instead of just one-on-one sometimes. Because what we do is we'll isolate and they'll be like, hey, well, I'm going to talk to my guy friends and I'm going to talk to my girlfriends. Well, this is what they said and this is what it is. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes where if we're together, we hear it, we can talk about it. Yeah. And just a couple more that fell into this communication. I expected him to know my emotions after having a baby without communicating them to him. And I like this one. I assume that she would ask for what she needed. Uh, I, I, to this day, I still assume that Elisa's going to ask for what she needs. And it doesn't to always this happen. Day, it doesn't always happen. Right. I mean, that one is just be ready because, again, that's why we talk about coffee breaks. That's why we talk about walk and talks. That's why we, we discuss emotional intimacy so much because we assume that our spouse is going to do that and then they don't and then we're frustrated. Mm-hmm. So the more times that we can find time together away, just the two of you, quiet, walking, grabbing a coffee break, whatever it may be, those assumptions become reality because then you begin to hear her or and you, or vice versa. So as we move into some of the, the comments around responsibilities, uh, this wife said this, my husband had always worked far more hours a week than I did. So I was the one who did all the cooking, cleaning, shopping, paying of bills, laundry, et cetera. But once having children, my job was then 24 hours a day and I needed help. We had to have a serious conversation about him needing to pull his weight and help with all of the things that he had been accustomed to me doing. Mm-hmm. Another wife said, my husband felt he couldn't do anything with the babies until they were two. I needed him to be confident as an equal caregiver as well as enjoy those precious moments when they're tiny. I left him alone with our first to give her a bath and feed her a bottle. He'll say, I just said, figure it out. But I remembered a little more encouraging to that than that. But he says to this day that he's, that looking back, he's thankful because he got to be a part of all that. In expectations, sharing these, what's it look like? Guys, I'm going to share with you quickly where I messed up. I was like the first one, you know, hey, we're still in this. Elisa, you're home all day. You know, that's what you've discussed. And I wasn't pulling my weight. I wasn't. So you go from years six to about 10, four-year-old, and then you have a one-year-old not doing that. I'm going to tell you, 
you're going to have some you're going to have some frustrations in your marriage. Mm-hmm. You're going to hit a brick wall possibly. I don't know. We did. And I believe that this is one of those areas where I was oblivious and where I messed up. I messed up. And I can and I can point the finger at myself and say that now. You know, because I wasn't listening to Elisa. She was saying she was tired. She was saying that she was feeling run down. She was saying that she needed help around the house. And and you know what? I, I was so selfish during that time because it was all about me and all about my needs. And I'm not saying that I didn't want to have pleasure. It do- doesn't mean I didn't want to have sex with Elisa. I'm just saying when it came to things around the house, I saw it as it was a her thing and not a me thing. Mm. And really, if I would have just stepped up to the plate a little bit, even a little bit, like I do now, like, hey, load the dishwasher, clean the kitchen, maybe every once in a while hit hit the laundry room, make the bed, you, you know, it's pretty simple. It's not, it's not hard. And if and if you can just get off your video games or your phone for a few minutes, and, and again, raising the hand, I'm not going to say I'm 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 exempt from this. It would have changed, I think, those first formative years of our kids. And us going through parenting. Here's one more around responsibilities. It said, I think I expected him to not need me anymore. The hardest time in our marriage was after we had our first because I was so engrossed in figuring out how to be a mother and my attention totally shifted away from him. I'm sure that's a tough transition to go from having all of your wife's attention to none of it. So true. And here's one that said, being raised by a single mom, I saw my mom do it all. And I think I just assumed I would do it all. Receiving his help was life-giving as I quickly realized how vital it is for a healthy approach. Well, and what, we got one. I don't see it here on our show notes, but we got one on a DM on Instagram where one husband said, I sold my business. You want to talk about responsibility? This guy, he sold his business and said, I sold my business and I stayed home with my wife for six months. But you better believe there was a conversation around that. Oh, right, definitely. Right, because that doesn't just happen. No. Right. As, as we talk about responsibilities in the last area, because I want to talk about just a few action items around these, but I want to make sure that we just hit around the subject of sex. Um, you know, one person said, I think he thought sex was going to be the same since his body didn't change while I was in a whole new world. My body just did something crazy and that was designed to feed a person for a while. Nothing about that scream sex. You know, another person said, I had to adjust my expectations about when my wife would be ready to be intimate again. I would say that clear communication was the key. You know, so as you look at these different areas, right? I mean, we've been talking about communication and responsibilities and sex. And ultimately, as you look at all of this, what does it come back to? It comes back to the fact that as you are navigating this season of of creating children, of bringing children to your home, because it doesn't matter if it's through childbirth or through adoption, as you're going through this transition, your emotional intimacy, guys, this is this is what's at the core of making sure that no matter what the transition is in your life, that the two of you navigate it together because we all have expectations, right? You read, you listen to each one of those and you hear, you know what? I didn't say this or I expected this or I thought he would know this or I thought she would do this. And what does that all come back to? If you're only keeping it up in your brain, which is a a lovely, amazing piece of your body, but if it never goes past from your brain out your mouth to the other person's ears, it's not doing you any good. It's just leading to frustration and, and irritation. You want your emotional intimacy. You want to start having these conversations literally the moment you find out you're pregnant. And yeah. for some of you, even before. And as we've said, your spouse doesn't have ESP. They, they, they just don't. And this is such an amazing time. But with it comes a lot of stress 
it comes a lot of, you know, possible frustrations, mm. conflict, even during the the pregnancy. So just just realize that I'm gonna put show notes to uh, episode 319 ESP, mm-hmm. and I'll put that I'll put uh, a, a link to that in the show notes here. So for those of you who want to listen to that show, because it's not just building your emotional intimacy, guys. It's also extending grace. Mm-hmm. Right, because we've got to we've got to create this environment where the two of us are growing together, as we're growing our families, and that's a combination of emotional intimacy and grace. And you focus exactly on what the hug said. What can I do? And if you choose choose to serve one another with that phrase on a daily basis, when you say, "What can I do today to make your day easier?" I promise you, the child birthing, child rearing years are going to be a heck of a lot easier because that's your mindset instead of saying, well, what about me? Mm-hmm. Raising children, I don't want to tell you, just from the get-go, man, it, it's, a, it's a battle at times. It's, a, it's beautiful at other times. It doesn't end, though. And just like Elisa said at the beginning, sometimes we, we look at the wedding day, the same thing. Oh, my gosh, I got to the wedding day. There's a lot of work that happens after the wedding day. Same thing with... With the baby, I, I love that analogy because it's the same thing. We go, we plan, we have the baby, and yet there's a lot that still comes after it. And so hopefully what we shared here today are just three areas that you guys can look at. Even now, no matter where you're at, you can still open up your communication. You can you can still talk about what your responsibilities are, and you can still talk about your sexual intimacy and what you want that to look like in your marriage after kids. And at any stage of rearing and bringing up children, those three can be discussed. So do that this week, no matter where you are. If you have a friend, though, who is pregnant, um, send this to them. Encourage them. Be someone in the one family that's out there to go, you know what? It's not just about me, but it's about those that I know that I want to bless. We love you guys. Have a fantastic week, and we'll catch you next week. Love you guys. Love you guys.